0: Hello, it is Becky from Democrasexy. Happy MLK Day. I wanted to share with you an essay that I wrote uh, after last MLK Day and some reflections on celebrating last year. And I think you will find that that essay is more relevant than ever now. And you'll see what I'm talking about by the end. Um, So just keep in mind as I am sharing this essay that this was written almost a year ago. So a a few things are more past tense than it will um, sound like as I'm reading to you. So without further ado, here is last February 1st democracy essay titled, quote, legacy is a penis word. Or is it? <laughs> All right, here we go. During the third week of January, when our social media feeds were brimming with MLK Jr. quotes, one post leapt out at me. It was from Bernice King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter. She said, quote, As you honor my father today, please remember and honor my mother as well. She was the architect of the King legacy and founder of the King Center, which she founded two months after daddy was assassinated. Without Coretta Scott King, there would be no MLK Day. As I read Bernice's plea to remember her mother, I was transported back to the Texas State Cemetery where I had wandered among the gravestones a few days before. I sometimes go there when I feel the pull to connect with my chosen ancestors, Ann Richards, Barbara Jordan, and at that time, soon to join them, Sarah Weddington. Sarah Weddington passed on December 26th, 2021, less than a month before the 48th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court decision she won when she was just 26 years old. In between arguing and winning that landmark case, she was also the first woman elected to the Texas House of Representatives from Austin Travis County. I had the honor of seeing Sarah Weddington speak a handful of years ago at an event put on by Annie's List, a group that works to elect more Texas women. The two things I remembered most from her speech were the soft, white cloud of hair suspended above her and the fiery aside she gave about claiming a spot in the Texas State Cemetery amongst all the men buried there. Ms. Weddington had clearly been thinking about her legacy for a long time. She'd picked out her plot and had her headstone engraved well before her death. In a 2012 remembrance of her friend, the former Texas Governor Ann Richards, Weddington wrote, quote, My graveside is about 50 feet away from hers. Hopefully, when I call the Texas State Cemetery home, we will have great late-night conversations remembering our battles of the past and celebrating the victories that live after us. As I walked back through the cemetery after visiting Anne and Sarah and Barbara's graves, I noticed something. All this time, I thought there were only a handful of women buried in the State Cemetery, but I was wrong. There are only a handful of women who are acknowledged as being buried in the state cemetery. The vast majority of the women buried there share a headstone with their more famous husbands or sons. While the man's side of the headstone usually lists illustrious titles, the woman's side usually looks something like this. Devoted wife. Mother. Teacher. Volunteer. What is between those lines, I wonder? Since MLK Day and Bernice King's plea to remember her mother, I've been reading more about Coretta Scott King. Quote, I am made to sound like an attachment to a vacuum cleaner, my friend recalled her saying. The wife of Martin, then the widow of Martin, all of which I was proud to be. But I was never just a wife nor a widow. I was always more than a label. When they met, Coretta was more involved in politics than MLK Jr., And though she was remembered in the media as, quote, obedient after her death, she had the traditional vow to obey stricken when they married in 1953. Martin had expected her to stay home with their children during the civil rights movement, but Coretta had other ideas. She was an activist in her own right and often pushed MLK Jr. to be even more progressive on issues like the Vietnam War. As I've been pondering the relationship between gender and legacy, I remembered an incident my mother-in-law, Elizabeth Lesser, relays in her book, Cassandra Speaks, When Women Are the Storytellers, the Human Story Changes. Years ago, she was asked to speak at a gathering of world religious leaders and scientists in Austria. She was one of only two women invited to speak. The other was writer Isabel Allende. Isabel Allende was the first speaker at the conference, and when the moderator asked her the question of the day, what will your legacy be? Isabel answered, Legacy? Why would I care about legacy? I'll be dead. And anyway, legacy is a penis word. My mother-in-law goes on to describe the scene. The monks in the first rows blushed. A couple of people gasped. The Dalai Lama laughed out loud. Isabel went on to criticize not penises per se, but patriarchy, and the urge to be remembered as, quote, the greatest, the best, the richest, the smartest. She said it was time to elevate a new kind of hero people who prioritize love and food and care of the children and old people. Brave endeavors historically relegated to the unimportant spheres of women. Unimportant in quotes there. And therefore, she said, it was time to elevate women as the people who can get us out of the crazy mess humanity has gotten itself into. Or, as Coretta Scott King said back in 1968, quote, women, if the soul of this nation is to be saved, I believe you must become its soul. I just want to make a little interjection here. Um, of course, the language that was being used in the 60s is much more gendered, not as gender inclusive as we would use today. So just want to make that note. Of course, um, I think we would be more inclusive if we were, if we were speaking about it today. So a little aside there. What could be more heroic and deserving of monuments than saving the soul of a nation? Is a bloody death on a battlefield more worthy of remembrance than a life of quiet service? Ultimately, no matter how we live our lives, the decisions about how we are remembered are made by those we leave behind. At the time of his assassination, Martin Luther King Jr. was disliked by 75% of Americans. The reason he is remembered as an American icon is because of Coretta Scott King's painstaking efforts to build the MLK Jr. legacy as we know it today. Almost immediately after his death, Coretta threw herself into plans for a multi-million dollar King Center, as she called it, a kind of international West Point of nonviolence that is still going strong. She pushed for 15 years to make MLK Day a national holiday, recruiting the help of everyone from Stevie Wonder to Jimmy Carter to Newt Gingrich. It was impossible to go through January 17th last year without hearing the name MLK many times. But did you hear the name Coretta Scott King on January 30th? Coretta and MLK's daughter Bernice wrote, When she left me 16 years ago today, she left me with an assignment to not just continue my father MLK's legacy, but to establish her legacy. She built the largest global social change brand in the world. 54 years after my father was assassinated, the world is still looking to, learning from, and utilizing his teachings. Because of Mrs. Coretta Scott King, we know more than I have a dream. From one of the most hated men in America. To the largest global social change brand in the world. What an incredible feat. Because of Coretta Scott King's visceral knowledge of what it takes to build a legacy, she understood the importance of appointing a capable architect to establish her own. Legacy in an agreement between the one who stands on the lonely gravesite at the top of the hill and shouts, This life mattered. This life taught us how to be better to each other, and the one who hears their cry and says, Thank you. I'm listening. I am better because of them. I won't forget. I heard Bernice's shout from her mother's graveside and took myself to the bookstore the next day. My heart broke a little when I asked where to find Coretta Scott King's autobiography, and they directed me to either the sale section or the last chance section. What is the value of a legacy? Whose autobiography is full price? And whose is discounted to five ninety nine? dollars Who shouts for us after we take our last breath? Sarah Weddington clearly put a lot of thought into the content of her headstone. It's one of the taller ones in the Texas State Cemetery and perhaps the most resume-like of them all. She asked the headstone maker to pinch the sides in so it would have the hourglass shape of a woman. In 1967, when Sarah was 22 birth control was only available to unmarried women if they could certify to a doctor that they were within six weeks of their wedding day. So when Sarah became pregnant in her last year of law school, she crossed the border into Mexico with her boyfriend for an illegal abortion. It's difficult to imagine that Sarah Weddington could have argued Roe v. Wade and won an election to the Texas House of Representatives all at the age of 25 while also caring for a a two-and-a-half-year-old. Sarah Weddington made the decision not to have children, ever. And perhaps that's why we've had the right to choose what we do with our own uteruses for the past, now, 50 years. Sarah Weddington was never a mother, but she is a foremother to us all. So while Coretta has Bernice to shape her legacy, Sarah Weddington is counting on us, the daughters and sons of the movement for bodily, and (laughs) non-binary offspring of the movement for bodily autonomy, to shout her story, to learn her lessons, to carry on her work. I, for one, refuse to let legacy be a penis word. And then in the original essay, I shared an invitation to Sarah Weddington's funeral service. Sarah Weddington will be buried at the top of Republic Hill in the Texas State Cemetery in Austin on Thursday, February 10th, 2022 at 1 p.m. The public is invited. You are invited. Come shout, this life mattered from a grave on the hillside. But let's not stop there. Let's go to the women in our family tree or in the apartment next door. Let's learn each other's stories while we're here so we can fill in the lines between mother, wife, volunteer for each other when we're gone. At the end of the chapter on legacy in her book Cassandra Speaks, my mother-in-law as Elizabeth Lesser suggests, we take some time to write our own obituaries, answering questions like what made her come alive and what did she stand for? I'd like to take it further. What if we then shared our obituaries with each other? What if we shed the corset of expectation and revealed the soft supple, imperfect shape of our truest selves and our rawest longings. I imagine that daring to show each other our souls is the first step toward collectively becoming the soul of the nation, just as Coretta Scott King believed we could. And that's the end of the essay, but I was really struck uh, reading it again almost a year after I wrote it. How relevant it is and how even more uh, heavy it feels to think about Sarah Weddington's legacy now that the main thing that she's remembered for, winning Roe v. Wade, um, there is a big asterisk now with it being overturned. So I think it's more important than ever. This week in particular, as we remember MLK Jr. And as we reflect on the legacy of Roe v. Wade, wow, what a call to action (laughs) for those of us who are still here. And the thing is, These people who did these incredible things, they were just regular people. All of us have it in us to accomplish historic, incredible gains. And I think it's something important for us to remember that we don't need to wait for somebody else. We don't need to wait for another MLK Jr. We don't need to wait for another Sarah Weddington. We are the people who can continue those legacies today. So I hope that as you celebrate MLK Junior Day, you remember Coretta Scott King and honor her as well. And you may not know this, but uh, this Sunday, January 22nd, is the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. One of my favorite organizations, Future Front Texas, is hosting a Texan Feminist Throwdown That afternoon from 4 to 8 p.m. at Distribution Hall in Austin, and I am thrilled to be included. I am going to be there with an altar honoring Sarah Weddington and others who dedicated their lives to freedom for our bodies. I hope you will come and visit me and learn more about Sarah and some other women who really paved the path for Roe v. Wade to be a thing and to learn more about how we can enter, how we can create a new era of bodily autonomy here in Texas. It's going to be a really amazing party. There's going to be live music, all kinds of really great stuff. And all of it is benefiting three fabulous organizations, Black Mamas ATX, which uh, fights for to end maternal mortality for Black women here in Texas, as well as the Lilith Fund, which funds abortion, and Move Texas, an amazing organization that um, focuses on youth civic engagement. So I hope you will join me at Texan Fem- feminist throwdown on Sunday, January 22nd at D- Distribution Hall, 48 p.m. I will put a link. Um, tickets are su- suggested donation of $15. Um, I'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Thanks for being here. Thanks for everything you're doing to honor those who've come before us and to leave the world a better place for those who will come after us. Happy MLK Day. Happy anniversary of Roe v. Wade. I'll see y'all.